it's a thing we breathe, you know, it's awesome. And uh, what's so cool about air <clears throat> is that, you know, it's invisible, we can't see it. Um, you can't really touch it unless, like, you do that, everybody do that real quick. Right? So you can kind of feel air, but that's sort of like wind at that moment. So it's kind of like, I don't know, but I'm just talking about just regular, ordinary day air, right? And what's so cool about air is it's so present, it's so all around us, and it's so powerful, right? So we, um, <coughs> we that song was from the movie Top Gun. What, uh, what um, is that movie mainly about? Uh, military invading Russia. <laughs> military invading Russia. I don't think so. Dogfighting airplanes, yeah, awesome. Um, basically, that's what Top Gun's about. If you guys haven't seen it, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah, yeah I want to check it out. Um, but <coughs> planes, what do they, what do they fly on? Do they fly on water? Do they fly on air? They fly on air, right? Does anyone know how that works? Yeah, how does it work? Sure, yeah, yeah. So we're using air via to make flight, right? And what's so cool about planes is that they're so crazy heavy and it still works, right? Does anyone know how much an airplane weighs? Two tons? Two tons? Something like that, depending on the size of aircraft and everything like that. Uh, I want to talk about the biggest planes ever. Who's seen a really, really big plane? Who's ever, like, flown on, like, one of those charter planes, something like that, right? Yeah, those things are gigantic. Uh, what do you guys think is approximately the same size as, like, a jumbo jet? Elephant? Okay, a little, little bit bigger than an elephant. T-Rex? We're going even bigger, even bigger than T-Rex. Yeah, in the back. What's that? A whale? That is exactly correct. You know what? 17 guide points for you, sir, in the back. Well done. Uh, blue whale is actually bigger than that. Shh. So, blue whale, the largest animal ever to be on Earth. Ridiculously big. And what's so cool is that whale is like the same size as a plane. I want to talk about how big blue whales are for a second. So we can bring up, I have a little comparison here for you. So blue whales in the middle, right? At the bottom, we've got like a triceratops, a human, a school bus. And above it, we have three uh, M1A1 Abrams tanks, right? And so a blue whale is 100 feet long. That's long. And it weighs the same as three armor, heavily armored tanks. Those tanks weigh in, uh, if you combine them all together, at 200 tons. That's how much a blue whale weighs. Does anyone know how much a ton is? How much is a ton? Yeah? 2,000 pounds? Exactly. 2,000 pounds in a ton. And a blue whale weighs 200 tons. That's 400,000 pounds. That is big. That's enormous. It's so big. And I'm not talking like Justin Herman big. I'm talking like big, right? And... And it's just this enormous animal, you know? And what's so cool is, uh, I have a comparison now. If you compare a blue whale to a, um, a Boeing 787, they're the same size. You've got like a, like a brontosaur down at the bottom, you've got some pterodactyls in the sky, and you've got that whale and you've got that plane, and they're just as long, they're just as heavy. Yet one swims around slowly through the water, and the other, that's what whales sound like, um, and the other is a plane flying through the air at hundreds of miles an hour, right? And um, I'm sorry, this might be a little rough for Paige Johnson. Did you guys know she's terrified of whales? Paige, 100% true, I'm not making this up. She's really afraid of whales, and it's awesome, right? At the, uh, in the uh, JHM offices, like, during the year, like, we often will kind of, like, uh, I don't personally, I think it's mostly, uh, mostly Kirlin and Moses, they put on, like, a whale costume, and they hide behind their desk, and when Paige comes by, they come out just, and Paige, like, Gah! she, like, freaks out and, like, curls into a little ball, loses a little bit of bladder control. It's hilarious. We do it all the time. It's great. Ask Paige. That's 100% true story. <coughs> 
<laughs> They're so not terrified. It's okay. It's okay. We'll, uh, we'll talk to Paige about that later. But so, okay, so a whale is the same size as this plane, right? But there is an even bigger plane in Europe, and it's called an Airbus A380. All right, let's get that. And it's the size of two blue whales. What? Right? This plane is as big as two whales, just as long and just as heavy, and it flies through the air. How? Right? That's a big question. We know that it's using air, it's spinning through turbines, the air is kind of hitting the wing and kind of working, right? But so I want to show you a little bit about that. In college, I studied aerospace engineering for a few years, and so I know all about how flight works. And so let's bring up a picture of a wing real quick. So... <clears throat> If this is a wing, right, we've got air going under it and air going over it, right? Then there's jets, there's turbines, but the whole process of that is just to make more air flow over the wing so you're moving faster, right? And how this works is air going over the wing, it kind of reacts differently than the air going under the wing. And by exploiting a loophole in how air flows, it sucks the plane up into the air. That's how flight works. Airplanes don't ride on air. They literally travel quickly and get sucked up into the sky, right? Right? And so uh, I've, you know, I, did, I studied this for years. I did the math. I did the physics. And um, I could show you a little bit about a little bit of those uh, calculations. It's called a free body diagram. And there's weight. There's thrust. All of the math works out and everything. But how is that possible? We're sucking something as big as two blue whales. And it's getting sucked up into the sky. And it works. Right? And so years spent figuring this out. And I've, I've boiled everything down into a single word of how planes work. And that word is... Magic, right? It should not work, but it does. Thank you, bud. It should not work, but it does, right? This air that's all around us, we don't really see it. You can't even really feel it, but it's powerful enough, it's present enough to lift two blue whales essentially into the air and to terrify Paige at night whenever a plane flies over. Actually, after this message, air, airports might be rough for you. Um, and so I want to talk to you guys a little bit about about that, how, you know, something that seems intangible um, is really present, really powerful, and sometimes just seems like magic. And I feel like often in our lives, that's sort of how we look at God, right? We kind of think, like, we read the Bible, and it's like, oh, there's all these miracles and everything, but, like, I don't know how that works. And, like, is God really, like, there, like, with me? Like, it just seems like magic after a while. And so I want to pour a little bit deeper into that. And I think depending on our life situation, that kind of shapes sort of how we sort of feel about God, whether he's present, whether he's there, whether he's tangible, or whether he's distant or intangible. We kind of flip back and forth depending on how life is going for us. And when, when things are going good, right? And so like, when th think about some good things. What's, what's a good thing that happened to you this week? Just shout them out. What's a good thing? Anybody got a good thing? Yeah. Right there, bud. What's that? Went to an air show? So topical. Nice. All right. Excellent. What's a good thing? Making bacon? Nice. Making pancakes. Making bacon pancakes. First you make the bacon, then you put it in a pan. What's that? Five stacks of buttermilk pancakes? Champ over there. Nice. Round of applause for that, everybody. That's, that's impressive. That's good. That's good. So things are going good, right? Maybe, uh, maybe you had a test this week, math test, history test, science test, and you studied really, really hard for it, right? You really hit the books, and you memorized, and you made flashcards and everything, and you took that test, and boom, you got 100% on that test. And you're like, yes, things are going good. I worked really hard, and it totally paid off. Or maybe you're sitting in class, and there's that guy sitting over there that you like, or that girl that's sitting over there that you like, and you get the courage, you take out your notebook, you tear out a page, 
You kind of like write down, hey, I like you. Do you like me? And you put a box and you write yes next to it. And you put another box and you write no next to it. And you fold it up and you send it away and it passes through three hands. And you're like, don't open it, don't open it. And then they don't. And you're like, yes. Then it gets over there. And then you see them open it. And you see them kind of smile and write something down. Note comes back and boom, that yes box is checked. Yeah. Then you can like hold hands and walk around the field during lunch. At least that's what I did in junior high because I'm so suave. I'm pretty sure that's, that's the same thing. And, um, or maybe, you know, you had, like, a birthday party or something, and all your friends showed up, and it was super fun. You had this great day. You got all these gifts. It's everything that you wanted. And things are going really good, and you're like, yeah, woo. And so when things are going good, we do three things. We think about God in three specific ways. Uh, the first is we accept his existence. We're like, yeah, God, like, I got an A on that test. I worked really hard. Like, I totally understand. I put in, like, it totally paid off. Great, you exist. And we assume he loves us. Oh, God, I really like this guy at school. I really like this girl at school. And I really hope they like me. And then you find out they do, and you're like, yes, God, you must love me. You are a loving father. You give me your good gifts, your child, your creation. And we forget about him. Oh, I had a great birthday. I got all these gifts. I'm going to play with uh, everything I got and have a great time. And you kind of just put God on the shelf. You sort of just, just push him away without really thinking about it. And that's kind of what we do when things are going good. And when things are going bad, let's, a couple bad things. Um, let's say, you know, you had that test and you're really nervous about it, right? And the night before, like, you're really trying to study, but you're just so worried and stressed out. And you've got this knot in the pit of your stomach. And, like, you feel like you're not going to do well. And then you take your test and you ran out of time and you weren't able to finish. And you get the test back and you've got an F on it. You didn't get a C. You didn't get a D. You failed. And it's like really wanted to do well this time. And maybe, you know, you write that note and you send it across the class. Quiet down, guys. And you send it across the class and that yes box isn't checked, that no box is checked. And it's not even like like a little check. It's like a big Sharpie X in the no box. And it's just like, ow! Like, did you have to make it like a big slashing X? Like, you could have just softened the blow a little bit. And it's just like hurts, you know? Or maybe something really, really bad happens, right? You, um, you come home and you see that uh, your mom's been crying and your dad has been too. And you're like, oh my gosh, what's wrong? And they're like, we need to go to the hospital because grandma, she's not doing well. They just had to rush her to the ER. And you get there and there's all these doctors walking around and you don't know what's happening. And all of a sudden you find out that grandma isn't alive anymore. And you're like, her. It's a tragedy. It's awful. And ow. And when things are going bad, we tend to change how we think about God. When things are going bad, we tend to do three things in relation to God. When things are going bad, we question his existence. We go, God, like, I studied really hard in this test. I really wanted to do well, and I didn't. Like, like what the heck? Like, do you exist? Like, this shouldn't happen if I'm putting in this effort. Um, another thing we do is we wonder if he loves us. God, I really liked this girl at school. I really liked this guy at school. And I, I, I prayed about it. I prayed, Lord, I prayed that that yes box would be checked. And it's, it's the no box is checked. Don't you love me? God, that, that hurts. I, I thought you were a loving father. How come you let this happen? And the third thing is we fear that he has forgotten us. You know, you get to that hospital, and you're, you're praying on the way to the hospital. You're just like, oh, I, I, I don't want Grandma to, to pass away. I really love her. And then you get there, and you find out that she did. And you're like, God, 
did you forget about me? Like, I was just talking to you, like, over here. Why is this going on? And, and it's tough, you know? So things are going good, we do those things. Things are going bad, we do these things. And, you know, sometimes we just doubt. And I'm here to tell you that that's okay, right? Some, I know I had a friend of mine, and in junior high, she was just super stressed out, having a really rough time. And she got... She had just a lot of questions, you know, and that's okay to have questions. But she didn't really, like, seek any out. She just kind of, like, sat there sort of, like, spiraling in those questions. And for a second, she felt like she was like, well, I, 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 like, didn't believe in God for a second. But then I did. But then I felt really bad about it. And she, like, just started, like, spiraling and kind of just ended up getting depressed. And I'm here to tell you guys that, like, you know, if you have these questions, it's okay. You don't have to freak out about it. Um, just when you have questions, the important thing is to seek out answers. <clears throat> so, if you guys uh, could everybody grab a Bible and or uh, pull the Bible up on your phone app, we will pour into the truth. We're going to look at what do we do in these times of doubt, in these moments where we question, where we wonder, where we fear. So, as a little recap, when things are going good, we accept when things are going good, we assume, and when things are going good, we forget. When things are going bad, we tend to question, we tend to wonder, we tend to fear, and that's okay. So, if you guys open your books, uh, it's going to be a little complicated. We're going to go to page one. Um, I know it should be page one, but it's, uh, it's going to be book of Genesis, first book in the Bible, first chapter of Genesis, first verse of Genesis. All right, I'll give you guys a long time to flip there just because it's so difficult. Just kidding. So... <clears throat> Genesis 1.1, in the beginning, uh, God created the heavens and the earth. We just read that totally wrong. Let's try that again. In the beginning, God, yeah, created the heavens and the earth. Wow, right? Like, let's all read that together with that amount of energy, okay? On the count of three. One, two, three. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Wow, right? Like, this is big, guys. Like, when we sit down and we read our Bibles and we're just kind of like, duh, 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 like, we lose some of the power behind it. Like, this is huge, right? And so God, um, who this, this all-powerful being, this all-loving being, was like, you know what? I want to create a, a beautiful place. Right, and so he created the heavens and then created the earth. And then to inhabit it, he created us. He created mankind. And so it's Genesis chapter 1, verse 27. It uh, says up there that, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Just says it over again. God created mankind. God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. It just wasn't random happenstance. God just didn't throw a dart at a board and go, all right, we're having, um, we're having male and female, and they're going to look like this with arms and legs and everything. It talks about us being made in his own image. And we were, like, intimately planned, designed, created. There's so much attention to detail there. Um, have, has anyone ever tried to count the number of hairs on their head? Yeah, yeah? Fourteen, okay, very good, very good. <laughs> that's probably that's probably very true. Um, and but yeah, so it says God has the hairs on our head numbered. He loves us so much that the minutest detail about ourselves, the smallest detail, like God is all about that because He loves us. 
the Bible also says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. It means before we were even born, God was planning us. He was knitting us together while we were still on our mom's stomach. And there's just so much love there, and it's just so beautiful. And um, I want to talk about nature for a second, because, you know, we talked a little bit about air and how air is sort of sort of intangible. It's sort of, you can't really kind of touch it or see it, but the evidence of air is real. Like, we're seeing these giant planes flying through the air, and that's that just shows us that air is there. When we inhale, we breathe, we know that air is there. We can see the evidence of it. So we don't have to, we don't have to worry about whether air exists or not, right? And so I want to talk about some of the evidence of, of God. So for Genesis 1, when we, God created the heavens and the earth, we have an inane feeling about nature, right? Does anyone, who likes nature? Right? Cool. Nature's, nature's awesome, right? But there's something inside of us that, it, it, nature calls to us in some way. And that's because God created nature. He is the creator and we are a creation and God delights in his creation. And we also delight in his creation. And um, so I wanna, I wanna show you a picture of something uh, from nature. And like, right, it's just like this, this forest and God designed and created that. And we have this, this river or lake off to the side and it's just like, wow. God, you made that, and you delight in that, and I delight in that too. Something inside me delights in that. Or um, when God makes something um, a bit bigger, when he makes something like this. Our next slide. God, who intimately designed and creates things, creates something like that. Boom. Like, you know, like, we, you know, make like our, like, Lego towers and might try to, like, build, like, a mountain or something. But God makes this mountain and this lake, and he made the lake, like, reflect so that we could get these picturesque things or the last time you were at the beach and you saw um, a little something like this and you're sitting on the sand and boom you look up and you just you just feel it inside and that's the spirit of God within us when we accept Jesus into our heart we our bodies become a temple of the Holy Spirit so the spirit literally dwells within us and when we see these beautiful things of creation it our spirit moves because God delights in this, and so we delight in it too. And it's just how we're wired. God knit us together. He wired us in this way, and he wired the environment around us. And we commune with it. We respond to it. And it takes our breath away. And it's, it's things like that that show you the existence of God. It's because um, we, we feel something when we really shouldn't, and that's God. When Not just in nature, but with, uh, with people too, right? We, we see someone be generous, uh, just kind of like for no reason, without asking for anything in return. We go like, wow, and like something turns within you a little bit. Or when we see someone um, just sacrificing for someone else. Like, you know, we've all, uh, we've all seen those videos when the building's on fire and there's children screaming in the upper window and the, the firemen, they're, they're coming and we're not sure if they're going to get there or not. Then the doors come open, they're running in, they try the door, it's locked, they get their axe, they're breaking down the door and there's fire pouring out of it and then boom, the door opens and there's this huge rush of flame and then they like put on like the, their like gear and everything, hopefully they had it on actually before that moment and then they just go running in and you don't know what happens. There's like this stillness, there's smoke billowing out, there's sirens, there's people screaming suddenly the children in the window stop screaming and we don't know if they're okay and then the music like kind of stills and then it erupts and you see them like running out in slow motion holding this like blanket wrapped uh, like child like coming out of this in like like ferno and something inside of us is like yeah you did it and 
Why do we care? It's like a movie about non-existent people on a movie set where this didn't happen. Like, we shouldn't care at all, but we do. And that's the spirit of God within us because God delights in his creation. And we are his creation. And so we see people that God loves, adores. He knit them together in their, his, uh, their mother's womb. He knows the number of hairs on their head. And he loves them, and so do we. And we don't know why, but we do. And that's the evidence of God in our lives. He's so present. He's so here. He's within every one of us. We have a connection to each other that is like up instead of just out. We connect with God and God connects with them. And so we connect with them via this God connection. And it's so exciting. I, um, I was driving uh, to church a couple days ago and I was listening on the radio and it talked about this husband and wife. They, uh, they were in like downtown Boston when the, um, when the World Series was going on and they were like trying to go to the store or something and there ended up being this like mob of people or whatever. And they ended up like shoulder to shoulder with all these people and they had three kids, like a 13-year-old, a 10-year-old, and a 5-year-old, right? And they're trying to just kind of cart everyone through the crowd and everything and suddenly they both look down and their littlest daughter is gone. Just gone and like, Oh my gosh. And the dad, um, I think he was like a police officer or something. He checked his watch. And because when, you know, a child goes missing or something, like the first like few like minutes or hours are very critical, right? So he checked his watch and it was like 2.30 on the dot. He's like, okay. And then, um, so like they're asking around, they're trying to retrace their steps. They're trying to find their five-year-old daughter and they don't know. And they're shoulder to shoulder with people. They're trying to like protect their other two kids and like they just don't know where she is. And um, they're praying, they're freaking out, they're already crying, and then they look up and they see these two hands holding their five-year-old child in the crowd. Across this sea of heads, they just see her bobbing up and down and slowly rotating, basically. And they're like, ah! And so they all like, go running over there, and someone had just like found her, like sitting on the floor, and just picked her up and was just holding above their head so that the parents could come find her. And, um, yeah, Simba! Na And so, um... And they're doing that, and then they go, and they're, like, hugging, and like, oh, my gosh. And the father, he's like, oh, and he checks his watch again. And it was 2.30 and 30 seconds. 30 seconds had gone by. In that expanse of time, they had totally freaked out. They had, like, lost it and were panicking. And it's because they love their daughter so much. And that's how much God loves us. If we're even gone for a second, God's going to be freaking out, like, elbowing his way through the crowd to bring us back. And that's love. And... You can feel it in our, in our bodies. It's, it's evidence of his existence. And so I want to talk to you guys a little bit and show you guys something, something pretty cool. So you may have been wondering what's uh, been going on over here. I have a soda can and a hot plate, right? Let me just show you this. So it's, uh, it's like a little burner on the stove right here. I guess it's not actually a hot plate, more like a burner. I want to be technical. And so... How this works is I have a thing of cold water right here, right? And so this soda can has been on this burner for a few minutes now. And water inside of it is boiling, okay? So what happens when air gets hot is that it expands, okay? Or in other words, so when air is warm, when air is hot, it's really big, right? But when air gets cold, it shrinks down really fast, okay? It's a quality of air that can be exploited for various things. And so, right now, there's a bunch of hot air inside of this soda can, right? And what I'm going to do is I'm going to touch this soda can to a bunch of cold water. And so what's going to happen is the water um, is going to cool down the air and it's going to condense the air super, super quick. And this happens really fast, okay? So don't miss this, guys. All right? Everybody ready? Everybody ready? Let's see. 
the uh, evidence and power of air. Right? What? Boom. So we had a bunch of hot air in this can. It touched the water, and the water cooled the air so fast that it just crushed the can. I didn't even squeeze it at all. I was just holding it, right? It dented the can because that's a quality of air, right? That's evidence of its existence right there. We know air exists because it crushed that soda can. And we can take that to the bank. We can go, okay, I, was, I had some questions about air, but you know what? I looked for some evidence, and I found some. Air exists. And so my question for you guys is then, God can feel like air sometimes, right? He can feel distant. We can't see him. We can't really touch him. Sometimes we can't feel like we can't feel him. Um, but like air, he's still there. We just have to look for the evidence of him. And so bring up uh, next slide. It's... When, in terms of God, the more you look for his evidence, the more visible he becomes. So when we're going through our day and we see that awe-inspiring forest, that mountain that takes our breath away, those sunsets, and we go, ah, like, that's God. And we acknowledge that that's him. Thank him for that beautiful creation. When you see that movie and that firefighter's running into that building and your heart's beating fast and you don't know if he's going to make it, and that's God. That's you loving his creation. And God loves when we do that. And so acknowledge him for that. Thank him for that. And if we could just, like, do that this week, I guarantee that you'll begin to see God become more, far more visible. So when you have those bad days, when you have those questions, just start looking for God because you'll find him. Our, our bottom line for today <coughs> is the image of God is all around us. He's everywhere. The image of God is all around us. All we have to do is look that in mind this week. So we are going to split up into breakout groups right now. Uh, I need my ladies, please uh, exit the room to the loft. Boys, go ahead and stay here. We're going to split up in 6th, 7th, and 8th grade. Got some questions up on the screen for you guys, and hopefully you have a great rest of your Sunday. Amen.